0: This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Sammy Ariaga. Sammy, how's it going?
1: Chilling, man. Just ha- hanging out with PG himself.
0: <laughs> yeah, appreciate you coming on. I know uh, we've been talking about this for pretty much months now at this point. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to... Get this started. Just tell me a little bit, um, a bit, a little bit about your background and how you got into music.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, a lot of people don't know this, but my whole family is from the island of Cuba. Um, Spanish is actually my first language. Believe it or not, um, I grew up speaking Spanish with both my mom and my grandma. Um, was raised with two strong Hispanic women, um, but I would see my dad every other weekend and, uh, you know, that the relationship was healthy there. Um, but, uh, it was a lot of like back and forth between English and Spanish. So I was able to keep both, uh, languages strong, thankfully, um, you know, kind of, it, it helped me out greatly in the long run for sure. Um, but being raised in Miami, uh, the culture was, uh, definitely all over the place. Cause as you know, Miami is a huge melting pot of all different cultures, you know, Latinos, Europeans, Americans, etc. Um, but, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I come from a Hispanic background. I do country music now. A uh, little bit of a, 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 a... People ask all the time why I do country if I'm Cuban, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get to that topic.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that is my next question. So you grew up in Miami and you're Cuban. Uh, how did you become a country artist?
1: It's, it's wild because, you know, my dad would always tell me that That I had a good voice, you know, growing up, he would hear me singing down the halls or singing in the shower or singing in the car and he'd be like, have you ever thought about taking vocal lessons, you know, doing any of these uh, uh, TV shows like American Idol, The Voice, you know, X Factor. Um, And one day I was, I was like, you know what, let's do it. Let's, let's give it a shot. You know, let's see what happens. Um, So I started doing all these TV shows and, you know, thankfully in 2021, uh, 2011, I made it all the way to Hollywood on on the, I believe it was like the 10th season of American Idol. Um, It was the year of Scotty McCreary and Lauren Elena. I don't know if you recall, but um, I auditioned in Hollywood for the judges. It it was J-Lo, Randy Jackson and Steven Tyler at the time um didn't unfortunately unfortunately didn't make it past Hollywood but the genre that I ended up going with uh was country music because uh on American Idol there's been a lot of great success out of the country music genre and so my dad is like hey listen you're Latino and country music is the biggest genre on American Idol so far you know based on like success after the show why don't you just give it a shot and be like the Latino country singer? And so that was my mentality going into these auditions. And, you know, although it didn't pan out the way we, we planned, I still fell in love with the genre. I still continued studying the history of country music and fully immersed myself into the genre, learned a bunch of music, wrote my own songs until one day I packed up my bags and moved to Nashville and that was the start of my Nashville journey. You know, I've been here now for 12 years doing the, doing the dang thing and, uh, discovered web three late last year and been doing NFT music ever since. So pretty much how I got into country music.
0: Yeah. No, every time I tell, uh, one of my friends about you and I tell them you're a Cuban country singer, they're always like, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, that, I mean, that already, like you said, like that, I mean, that gets a conversation started and just tell me about, um, obviously, I think people don't realize that um, like being a being an artist is pretty much being an entrepreneur, it's the same thing. Um, so what has that journey been like for you? I know, like you said, you moved um, from Miami, Miami to Nashville um, and you've been there for, you said like 10 years now?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going on my 11th year, I believe, yeah.
0: Yeah, so what, what has that journey just been like for you as an artist uh, creating songs and music and obviously pu- pumping your own self and things like that?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a fine line because you know, at the end of the day, we all just want to do art. We all just want to write songs, sing, tour. You know, do the fun stuff. But you know, as time goes on, you know, especially the life of an independent artist, you know, we were we wear a lot of hats, and that's a that's a that's a plug for uh, PG hats. Um, but uh, yeah, we wear a lot of different hats. Um, you know, I I tell my friends all the time that I'm a I'm a marketing uh, director, I am a social media manager, I am a songwriter, I'm a producer, I am a cinematographer, <laughs> I do like so many things. Um, but at the end of the day, I love it because I orchestrate my, you know, my canvas, I, I paint my own canvas, you know what I'm saying? I'm orchestrating whatever the people are hearing and uh, enjoying on a daily basis. So um, if anything, that adds more authenticity to the art itself, knowing that, you know, the fan knowing that the artist had way more, you know, to do with the creation of the pro of the project rather than having so many different people do it. You know what I mean? Um, but there is no right or wrong way. That's just the way that I've decided to do it. I love to be very hands-on with everything I do. Um, you know, moving to Nashville, I learned that it's, uh, like touring is a beast of its own. It's very difficult to find the band to stay organized, you know, to stay healthy. Most importantly, Um, yeah, music is, uh, is a lot harder than people think. Um, but uh, I'm very blessed to be, you know, given a gift from God, you know, to give back to the to the planet. And, uh, you know, even after all the years of, of of roller coasters, you know, I still very much love what I do. And, you know, now with blockchain technology, like it's just reigniting me like as if I just bought my first guitar and wrote my first song. So um, I'm just excited to see where it goes from here.
0: Yeah, no, that's dope. And I, like, I know just like a lot of artists and things like that, just like, and I just don't see them like putting in work like you put in. So that's why I, uh, it's like just in general and be connected. And I was just like, yo, I like Sammy knows, like he understands like business and you got to actually do stuff for yourself too. Cause some people just make music and think it's going to like blow up and do it you- magically. Yeah. yeah, Like, Oh yeah. Song's but, great. yeah. It's cool. going to, it's going to go out there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's been it's been dope uh, just uh, connecting with you in general. And um, yeah, I know you signed with Sony Music uh, or Sony Publishing. When when was that? And uh, what was that feeling like?
1: It was awesome. I actually I'll tell you how that all happened. I actually had a writing camp in uh, at the Gibson headquarters in Beverly Hills, which I believe it's not there anymore. I'm not I'm not very sure. I haven't been there in a while, but. Um, They were hosting a writing camp for uh, Latin artists. So it was a Spanish driven camp. Um, I was booked by BMI, which I was with at the time. It's a PRO company. They're in charge of like distributing royalties and whatnot. But they also facilitate like writing sessions and writing camps like that one. Um, So I was very blessed to attend it and work with a bunch of other incredible artists and songwriters. Um, And then at the end of the camp, we did like a little showcase where everybody that was part of the writing camp would perform the songs, and so I was one of the selected from the from the camp to perform. Um, and in the audience was a manager. Uh, his, he goes uh, he he runs his company called Latium Entertainment. Um, he heard me and he's like, "Hey man, I really love what you do. I I love your vision. I work predominantly with with uh, Hispanic artists, no matter what genre they do. I just like the fact that they come from a Latin descent." Um, and you, my friend, are Cuban and are very talented. And I think you'd be a perfect fit for our company. So I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. You know, so at the time I didn't have a manager, I didn't have a, a label or nothing. Um, so I just said, YOLO, you know, I don't got anything fun going on, so let's try it. Um, so believe it or not, within the month of signing with the company, I got a publishing deal in 2015 with Sony ATV out of New York City. Um, they are actually, uh, the largest publishing company in the world, um, which could be a good or bad thing. <laughs> uh, let's just leave it at that. Um, and then a couple of years, I, I believe a year or not, a year and a half later, I signed with Sony music Nashville, which is the record label out of Nashville. Um, so they're two different things. Sony TV is for songwriting. Sony music is for like, as an artist, like releasing music on the radio and stuff like that. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, that all went down, like, really quick, um, almost too quick to the point that I wasn't able to actually establish, like, strong relationships and friendships with these people that I'm signing my life away to. Um, And it was almost too fast because, you know, I would, like, share my vision and share my songs. And, you know, there wasn't an initial... Foundation there. You know what I mean? Like they weren't fully invested. So they were all just very confused. It was very hard to make any like the executive decisions on releases. And then it just got really muddy. Um, But thankfully, I was let go by the label in 2017. And then, right as soon as that happened, I've been releasing independently uh, on Spotify and Apple Music and TikTok and all that stuff ever since. Um, And, you know, honestly, I'm just very thankful to get to even say this is that I've seen most of my success post being released by Sony, um, just being independent and you know the fan knowing that what they're getting from me is from me, not from a company. So uh, my experience, you know, it had to happen because it's it's part of the roller coaster. Um, it's made me appreciate a lot of things and you know grow my rhino skin in the music industry. You know what I'm saying? So, um. I'm thankful that that it all happened, you know, and I'm still figuring out a few things when it comes to those deals. But you know, again, coming back to Web three and you know, music NFTs, I truly think that this is about to like reform the entire music industry, and I'm just happy to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. And then, what what would you say um, was your big break? And like, what was it like to like hear one of your songs maybe like on the radio for the first time? I don't even know if that's like a thing now. (laughs) Like nowadays. No,
1: I'll, I'll tell you this. I've never. I've never had a breakthrough song on the radio. I've been on, I've been on digital radio, like satellite radio, I mean, on Sirius XM. I've had a few songs of mine be broadcasted on those stations, and it's been awesome. You know, like it's, it was an awesome moment to be able to call my dad and be like, we're on the radio. And, you know, I've I had another moment where my hometown station played one of my original songs as well. And that was an extremely humbling moment for me you know after years of listening to that radio station and working so hard to be on there um but uh, I I would say my biggest breakthrough was I would say TikTok believe it or not I I hate I hate that that's that that, you know to bring up TikTok but like you know they've done a lot of awesome things for my music career when it comes to posting bit me posting videos and you know landing on the algorithm and my streams growing exponentially you know, cause everybody thinks of TikTok, like the little kid app where everybody dances, but yeah. you know, people, you know, they under, they underestimate the power of that app. You know, it's a very powerful tool for any creator to have. And I, uh, I started diving in in April of 2020, which is, it's almost been two years since I got a TikTok. Um, and honestly, man, it's, as, as dumb as it sounds, it literally changed my, my music career. It was insane. I mean, I've, I've probably gained in the, in, in the past two years about 3 million streams just from TikTok exposure. It's, it's insane. Um, I went from like having 3,000 or 4,000 Spotify followers to not having 33,000, which is very, very hard on Spotify to gain followers. Like it's so hard. People don't even know that you can follow people on Spotify. Um, but yeah, I mean, TikTok's changed the game for me. Um, Instagram reels has also changed the game for me that, you know, they're stepping it up to, you know, you got Pinterest now doing the same thing with idea pins. Um, I haven't really tapped into YouTube, believe it or not. I never really had a big breakthrough on YouTube. Um, never been a fan of long form videos myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, that's pretty much it. I, I would say streaming is like my, my, you know, my breakthrough, mm-hmm. Um, and then if we're talking about what's the most recent accomplishment, I would say, you know, the release of this Metagirl Music NFT, you know, it's, it's my big, it's, it's, it's literally my biggest project I've, that I think I've ever been a part of. Um,
0: I, was gonna, I was about to say, yeah, I think we're in your breakthrough right now.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I, get, I, I feel like, I feel like the, the whole like TikTok thing is like a thing of the past now, yeah. you know, even though kids are still using it and, you know, it's still pumping bags and it's still like, you know, changing people's lives left and right. I just, I'm just in love with Web3 and the blockchain and, you know, what it's, what, what it's about to do to the music industry. I'm just really exci- excited to see what happens.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And then, yeah, how, how did you get into NFTs? Cause I don't, I don't even know if I really know.
1: You know, I got into it through a friend of mine in Miami. He, uh, his PFP on Instagram was a Crypto Mori. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a Crypto Mori. Is, is it's an NFT collection. Another one that's doing really, really well. Um, my, my buddy happened to be a, a, a collector of a Crypto Mori. Um, and it was his PFP. And I was like, dude, that's dope. What is that? Like, is that a cartoon? And he's like, well, yeah, it's an animation, but it's, uh, it's a collection collection in web three called the crypto Mories. have you ever bought an nft before and i was like i don't know what that is like i'm down to grab coffee and just talk 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 it through and he gave me the spiel the 101 and i i loved it i thought it was dope you know i've always been a fan of animation and art so i was like screw it you know i got some money lying around you know it's it, it only it made sense to me so started i started diving into these projects you know into these communities by acquiring some of these awesome pieces of art. Um, Some of them being the Cryptomorys, the Humanoids, um, the Apocalyptic Apes, um, and a few other ones as well. And, you know, I didn't come in with the idea of promoting music. I came in with the idea of just learning what NFTs are and being part of these awesome communities. Um, And for the past three, four months, that's just kind of been my mentality. Of just of, of organically growing my fan, my my supporters and my fans by uh, not necessarily having a project, you know, just being part of another community and meeting people and just being genuine and just being friendly with one another. Um, so then that led to my, the creation of my music NFT. Um, you know, coming out of the blue and being able to say, "Hey guys, believe it or not, I just dropped my first music NFT." I would love for you guys to check it out. It was almost like a stealth drop and everybody's like, yo, like, that's crazy. I, I didn't even know you had a project. I'm, I'm there, you know? So, um, that's kind of how I landed on NFTs, man. It was just like through a best friend from back home. And now we're like, we're in it the entire day. Like to the second I wake up to the second I go to bed. So
0: Um, yeah, it's definitely been a crazy journey. Uh, me and you obviously met on Twitter spaces and linked up and it's pretty funny just like all the stuff that's happened me and you're just texting like yo you see this you see that you see this yeah Yeah, it's been a wild uh always ongoing yeah it's definitely dope and uh interesting and new and obviously exciting to see what goes on in the future and um obviously i i don't know how many artists are in the nft space like music wise but i'm i'm assuming you got to be like at least like the first like i don't even know 50 maybe something they got to be super slim right now right
1: yeah, it's extremely slim, you know, and I feel it's because, you know, people are still figuring out the legality and just like the, yeah. you know, the way to the way to go about it, you know, there's there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes when it comes to the usage of music and copyright and publishing and master ownership and, you know, songwriter splits and there's just so much that goes into it, um, you know, but the way that I approached Metagirl is, you know, I, I work pretty regularly with my producer. You know, we, we're pretty, you know, we have a really cool little thing going on where I'll just like write an idea and I'll send it to him and he'll produce something up within like the day that I send it to him. Um, we just have a really good momentum going on. And so, you know, I told him that I'm like, yo, like I'm getting into NFTs, I love the whole vibe of it. How should we go about it? And he's like, Look the more writers we get involved, the more companies we get involved, the more producers and other people we get involved, it's going to be harder. Yes. So why don't we just produce something and write something just you and I, you know, my, me and my producer, mm-hmm. and then just release that and just test the waters and see what happens. So Metagirl is literally just a, a product of me and my producer and, uh, you know, a few, uh, Uh, teammates that helped along the way with like mastering and engineering and all that stuff, you know, to kind of polish up the track. But aside from that, you know, it's, it's pretty much a handshake deal. Um, you know, and just being very, very true and honest with your collaborators. Um, and the, and the result was a success, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, now I'm very blessed to say that my producer has probably made more on this one NFT drop than he's made in the last ten, like maybe two years, with some of the other independent music drops he's done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the math, the math could be different. I'm just, you know, talking, yeah, no, sure. talking randomly here, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's putting it's putting the ownership back into the creator's hands, um, and it's allowing the it's allowing the creator and the and the the musician, the artist, to be compensated for their craft. Um, in a in such a much in a much better way than web 2 has for sure
0: yeah no definitely and i think for those people that don't know you guys get like a a small percentage of uh royalties for streaming and all that because i even even actually when i had nelly on he had no idea how much he had no idea how much like per stream or how much he was making off streaming yeah so that was pretty that was pretty uh interesting especially like you know, a known big, huge artist like that. He didn't, he didn't even know where the, how, how the streaming works or the revenue.
1: Yeah, man, it's, it's insane. I mean, like, I'll tell you this, like, I'll kind of give it to you right now. I mean, on Amazon music, it takes 250 streams to make a (laughs) dollar. That's crazy. Now on Apple music, 128 title 78 Napster 53. Deezer, 156, Pandora, 752, Jeez. YouTube Music, 12.50, <laughs> Spotify, 3.15. That's crazy. It takes 315 streams to make a dollar on Spotify. Yeah, that's wild. And another thing that people don't know is that the if, if somebody does, doesn't listen to a song, until the 30 second mark the the song won't monetize yeah so they have to listen to the song up to 30 seconds to then qualify for that one stream
0: yeah no i mean yeah that, i mean i feel like that makes sense
1: insane because most people just like hit next 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 you know
0: Yeah. yeah yeah all right so Pivoting back to to Meta Girl, uh, what was that process like when you were writing it, and how did you? For those that don't know, it's like really dope. If you don't know Web three, you probably might not know the terminology. So that's why I think it's also dope too, because it's almost like it's almost like a secret code, like it's almost like a secret society type thing. You have to you have to know, mm-hmm. if you know. If you know, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a kind of a struggle at first, but because you know, there's a lot of words that I wasn't very familiar with. Um, but with being in, you know, Twitter Spaces, which is kind of like the reimagination of Clubhouse but via Twitter, um, I pretty much was able to pick up on a few words here and there. And you know, I I like to write songs from a guitar lick, a melody, and then I insert the words into the melody. So then I start finding these cool words, these Web three related terms, and just start inserting them in melodies. Um, and then I kind of expand out, you know. Uh I would of course like there's a lot of words that just don't sound cool in a song. So I would just completely ignore them. But, you know, and then there's times where I'll take a word and I'll just kind of warp it so it could so it could actually sound cool in a song. Um, but the, the ultimate goal was to write a song for the web three audience that I was uh surrounding myself with on a daily basis, you know, singing back to them the words that they use in a daily basis. Um, you know just a field that they're they're familiar with um knowing that that would open up their heart because i was singing back to them something that they connect with um and so i feel like that's the true reasoning why metagirl has done what is what it's done is because metagirl was born from the community you know what i mean like they they fueled the idea for metagirl they they planted that seed of inspiration in my mind to even write a web three love song. Um, so then I went out of my way and said, all right, you guys want to, you guys want a web three song? Well, here it is. And so I was just blessed that that was the, that Metagirl was the song that, you know, God put in my head in that very moment. And you know, now, now here we are. So,
0: yeah, no, and the song is fire. If you guys uh, don't know, it's exclusively on the blockchain now. Right.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, it was on, it was on web two for a second, but I took it down as a form of respect for the NFT purchaser. You know what I mean? Like I, I wouldn't want anybody to be like, why would I go and buy an NFT when I could just go to web two and listen to it? Yeah. So you know what I did, I cut that off. Cut the That's wall. not an option anymore. So now the only way to hear it is on the blockchain and uh, you know, from the luxury of your wallet, once you buy the NFT. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And I know you got some other songs uh, coming up and you got pixelated. I know everyone's Way in the, uh, for that release. So what has that um, process been like writing that? And I know you're making NFTs for that one, too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going to be the next music NFT that we're doing. It's going to be the follow up to Metagirl. Um, we got some really cool ideas up our sleeves for that one as well. Of course, the art is going to be pixel art. <laughs> I mean, based on the title. Um, we're thinking about, you know, making it a generative uh, PFP collection as well, so that people can start rocking those PFPs on Twitter, you know, with the PFP culture being so hot right now, you know, we wanted to kind of take advantage of that as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, we wrote the song, I wrote the song here in Nashville with a few friends of mine, um, with again, web three in mind. And, you know, I, I I had a note in my phone with some Some words and some phrases that I think would sound cool in a song, um, you know, that I heard in some Twitter spaces and uh, just put melody to it and pixelated was born and I've been singing it in Twitter spaces the same way I did with Metagirl and it seems to be organically growing the same way, the same way that Metagirl did. Um, and so I'm just really stoked to finally get get, finished that one in the studio. We've, we cut vocals the other day and I'm just waiting for the production to be, to be done with that. And, um, and yeah, I mean, that, that one should be hot and ready to go as an NFT, I'd say middle to late April, maybe early May. Uh, my birthday is the first week of May. So ideally it would be dope to do it that week because then people feel, are going to have to buy it because it's my okay. birthday.
0: Yo, that's exactly <laughs> what I was just thinking. Cause my designer been late and my birthday is April. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to just release it in April and on my birthday.
2: <laughs>
1: so yeah, exactly. There you go. Um,
0: you want You want to give us a little preview of pixelated?
1: Yes, Absolutely. So uh, th- this the song "Pixelated" is pretty much about digital love and physical love are both love. You know, it, it, whatever you feel, that's you know you're totally entitled to that. So um, love comes in many different shapes and sizes and forms, um, and even in pixels. So this is a uh, this is pixelated.
2: Three, two, leave in the universe. We ain't ever coming back down to the earth. If we were in a video game, I'd give you my last life. No, I'm never looking away at your one one design. Ooh, let's take a spin around the blockchain, fire up. Take it to a new domain. Three, two, one. We leave in the universe. We ain't ever coming back down to earth. There's no way that we could fake it, even when it's pixelated. So out of touch with reality, but that will never change what it do to me. I can feel the love we're making. Even when it's pixelated, baby, it's a picture Let go, I always put you on display when I'm hanging around some digital crowd. Take a spin around the blockchain, show them all we made. Ooh, put me in in a brand new place, yeah. Three, two, one, we're leafing the universe. We ain't ever coming back down to the earth. There's no way that we can fake it, even when it's pixelated. so out of touch in reality but that will never change what it do to me i could feel the love we making even when it's pixelated yeah 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 yeah, i could feel the love we making even when it's pixelated yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, sir. there we go we just made history that was the first full song live on average the savage sammy made history and he makes it he's making Let's history and history, and history so it's lit all right well i appreciate that um a couple more and then we'll wrap things up uh what are your future goals for this year
1: future goals uh to focus more on my mental health and focus more on balance in life. Um, I feel like I overwork myself and I don't know when to when to just draw the line and you know take a step back from what I'm passionate from. I get very excited about things, you know, especially like something like the blockchain and web three, you know, it's a brand new thing. So it's very easy to fall in love with something and not let it go. You know um, we get very caught up in all this stuff. And as I'm sure, you know, Paul, like we spent hours on end on these spaces and, you know, we we just feel that FOMO, you know, and it's a real thing. And we just got to learn when to take a step back and meditate, drink water, exercise, and focus on our body because, Without our bodies, none of this would be possible, right? So um, that's honestly my, my, my biggest future goal. And then, you know, um, another future goal of mine is to really hone in on the power of community because I've never had one like the one I have now. Um, so I want to do everything in my power to strengthen that and, you know, not make it where it's just like, here's my music, okay, bye. You know, I feel like that's, that's what Web2 felt like to me. Um, I never got a chance to, you know, make it a village, you know, it was just a bunch of listeners, but it's not a village. So my goal is to turn my community into a village of people that I could actually count on and and rely on when I whenever I do anything in my in my music career, Um, and just embrace them, you know what I mean, because again, without them, I would be nothing, I would be irrelevant. So it goes both ways. So yeah, uh, mental health, physical health, power of community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even on the weekends now, I've just been like, all yeah, right, I get off Twitter spaces sometimes and just chill out for a second. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then what, yeah. what advice would you give to uh, a young artist?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a broad question. Um, I would say do everything, like be prepared to get the nose and be grateful for them because every time you get a no, your rhino skin gets stronger. You know what I'm saying? Um, you tend you, you you tend to appreciate the wins more when there's more no's behind. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this a million times, but, you know, wasn't Michael Jordan not accepted into the high school basketball team?
0: Yeah.
1: There you go. Like, you know, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like um, Disney, Walt Disney, like he pitched his idea of Mickey Mouse to – Tons of publishers and nobody believed in them, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's just uh, it, it's it's about appreciating the the failures to uh, you know because they're only going to allow you to appreciate the 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 accomplishments and the wins even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, show up, you know. That's like one of the biggest things they tell me. You know, they told me when I first got to Nashville is show up like just you know try to pull up to every event every performance every meeting uh, don't be late you know always be always ask questions and you know persistence always is persistence is persistence is key and the squeaky wheel always wins the grease you know so it's about like constantly hitting it and not giving up you know and just be relentless you know be per, uh, per, you got to keep that perseverance high because you know, along the way, for example, like I was, I was known to be very um, persistent when I first got to Nashville. And a lot of people didn't like that, but it only made me more aware of the people that believed in what I was doing. Yeah. So they did me a favor of showing me that they were annoyed by my persistence. So I cut them out. I'm like, okay, you don't vibe with what I'm doing. So next, you know, so it's about it's about learning how to cut out all the people that are going to slow you down staying persistent and you know keep your circles tight and uh just uh stay close to those who believe in you pretty much so and embrace them
0: yeah no definitely i think that's a i think that's what fuels me just uh, all the rejection that i had so just yeah like, all, prove people wrong pretty much type thing um but yes last last couple ones fun questions some speed ones who's your favorite singer
1: Michael Bublé. All
0: right. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite song right now besides
1: your own? Anything Russ.
0: All right. I like that. You already know I'm a big yeah. Russ guy. Uh, yeah. What's your What's your favorite food?
1: Ooh. Uh, I love anything related to meatballs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Like I love a good like Italian dish.
0: All right. Well. I got you. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Last (laughs) last one. uh, I got you a pizza too. But last one, uh, what is something people don't know about you?
1: They don't know that I used to be a Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh enthusiast. I used to be (laughs) obsessed and go to tournaments and compete and collect. Um, Yeah, I was diehard. I mean, I would literally go, I would run up and down the block looking for kids to beat in in card duels. (laughs)
0: Bro, imagine you making a song for Pokemon NFTs. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: <laughs> we're man- we're manifesting it.
0: <laughs> all right, Sammy. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, can you let the listeners know where they can follow you at?
1: You guys can follow me on Twitter, uh, just Sammy Ariaga. I am on uh, the streaming platform still, although moving forward, I'm I'm only releasing music on the blockchain. Uh, you can still hear some of my past releases on Spotify. Just search Sammy Ariaga. Um, And the same thing goes for all the other platforms, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, TikTok, and YouTube. Um, But yeah, mainly on Twitter and I'm always hanging out there in Twitter spaces. So come say hello and let's be friends.